بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم والصلاة والسلام على رسوله الكريم وعلى آله وصحبه أجمعين خطز جسنت a subdivision of the Sheikh Eid bin Muhammad Al Thani Charity Association is pleased to present to you this series of lectures from the book entitled Minhaj Ahl Sunnah Wal Jama'ah Fil Aqida Wal Amal the methodology of the people of Sunnah in matters of creed and actions by a Sheikh Muhammad ibn Salih ibn Uthaymeen rahimahullah Tape number 7 The following matters are discussed Point number 2 is continued that is matters relating to the worship of Allah the distinction between al-wasail the means and al-ghayat the objectives also respect and love for the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam the man al-ittiba' strictly following him inna alhamdulillah nahmaduhu wa nasta'inuhu wa nastaghfiruh wa na'udhu billahi min shururi anfusina wa min sayyati a'malina may yahdihillahu fala mudilla lah wa may yudlil fala hadiya lah وأشهد أن لا إله إلا الله وحده لا شريك له وأشهد أن محمدًا عبده ورسوله. Verily the praise belongs to Allah. We praise Him, seek His assistance and forgiveness, and we seek refuge in Allah from the evil of ourselves and the evil consequences of our deeds. Whoever Allah guides, there is no one that can lead him astray, and whoever Allah leads astray, there is no one that can guide him. I bear witness that nothing deserves to be worshipped except Allah alone, and that he has no partners or associates. I bear witness that Muhammad wasallam is his slave servant and his messenger. <coughs> I'd like to begin this morning in this our sixth lecture in the series of lectures concerning Al-Aqeed Al-Islamiyyah taken from the essay of the Shaykh Muhammad ibn Salih Al-Uthaymeen Hafidhullah entitled Minhaj Ahli Sunnah Wal Jama'ah Fil Aqeedah Wal Amal The Methodology of the Ahli Sunnah, the People of Sunnah and Jama'ah as it relates to Al-Aqeedah, the beliefs or creed and Al-Amal, the actions or deeds of a Muslim. Before beginning <coughs> the point of the lecture today, uh, which are related to the previous topic, point number two, the way of the Ahlul Sunnah wal Jama'ah in matters relating to Al-Ibadah, Ibadatullah. What is the methodology or the way of the Ahlul Sunnah wal Jama'ah? in the matters of worship, worshipping Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Just quickly to review the points which we mentioned in the first half of this topic, which we will continue and complete this morning insha'Allah. Last week we said that the way of the Ahl sunnah wal-Jama'ah in matters of ibadah or the worship of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala takes into consideration three main points. The first of them that we worship Lillahi, for Allah alone, sincerely for Allah alone, and the second one is Billahi, 
by the help and aid of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and the third of them is Billahi in accordance with the deen of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. We said that uh, concerning the first of them, Lillahi, worshipping Allah alone, sincerely, it means worshipping Allah with ikhlaq, doing it for Him alone with no other consideration of anything or anyone else. And the second of them, Billahi, it means al-isti'ana, seeking help and assistance and aid from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and realizing and recognizing that whatever we do of worship of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala it is by His help and assistance and we can not do anything independent of Allah and without His help and aid. And this is based on the saying of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala Surah Al-Fatiha إِيَّاكَ نَعْبُدُ وَإِيَّاكَ نَسْتَعِينَ That you Allah, you alone do we worship. We don't worship anyone along with you or share anyone in that worship of you. And you alone do we turn to for help and aid in all things and particularly in matters of worship. And the last of those considerations is worshipping Allah fillahi, yani in accordance with the sharia of Allah, in accordance with what Allah has legislated and revealed, in accordance with the sunnah of the messenger of Allah sallallahu alayhi And this is called al-mutaba'ah, following, being in agreement with and acting according to the sunnah of the Messenger of Allah sallallahu alayhi wasallam. It means to worship Allah by that which he has legislated on the tongue of his Messenger Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wasallam, exactly without adding to it or taking anything from it. And this is the correct way of worship in which if we follow these points you will find that we will avoid the two great evils that is al-shirk and al-bid'ah. Whoever worships Allah with ikhlaq, offering their worship to Him alone, without associating anyone with Him in that worship, they will avoid shirk, association, or attributing some of the rights that are exclusive to Allah alone to other than Him. And whoever worships Allah according to the sharia or the sunnah of the Prophet they will avoid bid'ah or innovation, <coughs> because they will not invent anything new but they will worship Allah exclusively and exactly according to what He has legislated in the Qur'an and in the Sunnah. Also, we mentioned that one of the things that lead people astray is following their desires. Yani to worship Allah or to do things which are made to seem good to them according to their own inclinations or desires or whims. And we said that as far as the intellect the intellect which is sound, healthy, and whole, it would never lead the person to reject or to abandon the divine law or the revelation from Allah the All-Wise and the All-Knowing. And that's why Allah criticized those who rejected the truth. He criticized them or criticized their intellect, uh, saying that there was in fact a defect in their intellect and he says in the Qur'an بَلْ أَكْثَرُهُمْ لَيَعْقِلُونَ But most of them, meaning the disbelievers, most of them have no sense because if they used their intellect, if they had sound, correct intellect they would accept the revelation sent by the All-Wise and the All-Knowing the Lord of all the worlds, the Creator of the heavens and the earth they would have submitted to it and followed it in order to enjoy peace and happiness in this world as well as in the next then we said that uh, one of the 
argument of the people who innovated in the religion, who brought in new matters that were outside of the Sharia, that were in conflict or in contradiction to the Sunnah, one of the arguments was claiming that the innovation which they invented or practiced, that it was an innovation, but it was a good innovation. And they cited the hadith of the Prophet ﷺ that whoever sets a good precedent in Islam, then he would have its reward as well as the reward of anyone who acted according to it after him, following his example. Uh, and we said that this is a false argument, uh, and we refuted them simply by asking if that good which they claim is contained in the innovative matter, if it was hidden or unknown to the Messenger of Allah وسلم, or was it known to him and he concealed it? If they said it was hidden, then we say they have accused the Messenger of Allah وسلم, of being ignorant. We, they have accused him of jahl or being ignorant of the Sharia of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And if they said he had known it but he concealed it, he didn't teach it to the people, then we will say that that's even worse because then they have accused the Messenger of Allah وسلم, of al-khiyana, violation of the trust that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala placed in him in giving him the revelation and ordering him to deliver it to the people. Uh, we also mentioned the saying of the Prophet وسلم, which is a proof against their claim that their innovation is a good thing. The Prophet وسلم, said, beware of every newly invented matter. For every newly invented matter is an innovation. And every innovation is going astray. And every going astray is in the hellfire. So every innovation, without exception, everyone uh, who practices an innovation to the extent that they practice innovations, to that extent they have deviated from the Sharia and from the Sunnah of the Prophet and to that extent they have gone off the path and gone astray. And whoever goes astray, the astray paths lead to the punishment of hellfire. We also said that in that hadith of the Prophet which they used or they attempted to use as a proof that whoever sets a good precedent in Islam, man sanna fil Islam sunnatan hasana. We said that the meaning of this hadith is understood from the background of the hadith and that background is that some poor people came to the Prophet ﷺ and he asked the Muslims to give charity and they hesitated until finally one man went and brought back a heavy purse containing silver and another followed his example and then the people in succession all began to come and bring charity for those people it was on this occasion that the Prophet ﷺ said من fil Islam sunnatan hasana and whoever sets a good precedent in Islam meaning that whoever is the first to initiate an action or to fulfill a command of the Sharia such as the giving of charity or any other good deed whoever is the one who precedes others in doing it and sets an example that others follow he becomes as an Imam or a leader in good and for that reason that person uh, gets the reward for his action as well as the reward of those who follow him. It means the one who initiates a good action or is the first to hasten to do it and it does not mean those who legislate or legalize something new in the deen of Allah which is not from it. As they claim with their innovation, they try to claim that it means 
that they can initiate or they can legalize or legislate something new if it is good. But the meaning of this hadith is to implement that which is already established in Islam. Man sanna fil Islam. Whoever initiates or uh, sets a precedent of something that is a part of Islam and they need others in it, then they will get the reward for those who follow them in it. This is what we covered briefly in the previous lecture. And this morning we'd like to continue on this point of the way of the Ahlul Sunnah wal Jama'ah in the matters related to Ibadatullah, the matters related to the worship of Allah. Uh, the Shaykh begins by saying that likewise, those people who practice or engage in innovations try to make another argument to support or to justify their innovations. In their attempt to justify the innovations, they point to the newly founded or modern means which enable one to implement or execute the legal or legislated matters in the deen. Yani the matters which have been prescribed in the deen, the means of implementing them or executing them might be new means, but the action, the act of worship, it cannot be renewed or changed in any way. So they said that, for example, the collection of the Qur'an, the collection of the Qur'an or the pages of the Qur'an after the death of the Prophet ﷺ, putting it into writing and collecting it into one book in, in the Mus'haf, the authoring of books, the building of schools, the development of the rules of tajweed for the proper recitation of the Qur'an and other such means other such means which are the means or the way to execute or to implement those things which Allah has legislated for us to do they try to use those examples as a proof for the permissibility of implementing new acts of worship or new manners of worshiping Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and here the shaykh he says that it is important that we make a distinction between the means the wasila or the wasail which are the means or the way to implementing or executing the objective which is the ghaya or the ghayat those things which are our objectives the means to executing them or implementing them might be renewed modern means might be used to collect the Quran or to preserve the Quran but the Quran itself it cannot be changed it cannot be renewed. So that those things, those objectives which are praiseworthy and established in the Sharia, but they need some means or ways to execute them, it is permissible to renew or to use modern means to execute that which is already legislated in the Sharia, but it is not permissible to legislate something new. Here yeah, he gives the example in the saying of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala وَعِدُّ لَهُمْ مَسْتَطَعَتُمْ مِنْ قُوَّةٍ وَمِنْ رِبَاطِ الْخَيْرِ وَمِنْ رِبَاطِ الْخَيْرِ تُرْحِبُونَ بِهِ عَدُوَّ اللَّهِ وَعَدُوَّكُمْ Here he mentions the saying of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala or the command to the believers and make ready preparations against the enemies all you can of power including seeds of war to threaten the enemy of Allah and your enemy yani that we are to prepare ourselves 
for defense of Islam and defense of the Muslims by collecting or preparing whatever we can of power and strength including steeds of war or war horses. Here the Shaykh says that the preparation for war in the time of the Prophet was different than the preparation for war in our time. And if we have no means of preparation for war, which is the means or the way to prepare oneself for battle, then this is a newly invented matter in the means, not in the objective. And it is something new in the wasail, the means to the thing, but it is not something new in the ghayat or the objectives that we are trying to achieve or the actual act by which we hope to get near to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And the basic rule uh, concerning such a matter which the scholars of Islam have agreed upon is that لِلْوَسَائِلْ أَحْكَامَ الْمَقَاصِدِ That the means to a thing take on the ruling or the judgment of the objective that it leads to. That means that when we have an objective, for example, which is evil, the means to it also becomes prohibited. Whereas if we have an objective which is good, then the means to it also takes on the same ruling. The thing that is lawful in Islam, the means to executing it is also allowed, even if it is a new means. But the manner of doing the act, the time of doing it, the amount of it, the place in which it is done cannot be changed. For example, the times for Salat are fixed. The time for Hajj is fixed. The place for Hajj is fixed. The time for fasting in Ramadan is fixed. The manner of performing Salat through standing and bowing and prostrating is fixed. The place for the Ibadah, the time for the Ibadah, and the manner of it, or the amount of it, it cannot be changed. But the means to it, such as modern means of transportation to get to the place of Hajj, it is permissible, or modern means of sound system in order to call the Adhan, it is permissible, but not to change the actual act of calling the Adhan, or the words of the Adhan, or the practices of Hajj, or Salat, or fasting, etc. Here the Shaykh says that it is a necessity to make a distinction between the means to the thing and the actual act of worship. The wasail are the means, and the actual acts of worship are the ghayat, the objectives or the goals. New means may be used to achieve the goal, yani the act of worship which Allah has legislated. However, new acts of worship or new manners of performing the actual acts of worship are not lawful. Writing down the Qur'an, collecting its written portions, arranging it into a book is only a means for protecting and preserving the divine revelation. The means for preserving the Qur'an may be renewed, but the Qur'an itself, the words of Allah, can never be revised, edited, improved, or renewed in any way whatsoever. Uh, so these things, such as the collection of the Qur'an, the building of schools, the development of rules for the proper recitation of Qur'an called Tajweed, all of these things are wasail. They are means to achieve a legal and legislative objective that came in the Qur'an or in the Sunnah. 
And these means cannot be pointed to as a proof for those who want to innovate new acts of worship or new manners of worship which have no basis in the Qur'an or authentic sunnah. Therefore one must distinguish between modern means and innovated actions. Everything that was intended as an act of worship has already been legislated through the Messenger of Allah in the revelation which came to him in the form of the great Qur'an or the purified sunnah. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says concerning this matter that everything has already been completed and no new act or no new law will come into the deen of Allah. He says in Surah Al-Ma'idah chapter 5 verse 3, الْيَوْمَ أَكْمَلْتُ لَكُمْ دِينَكُمْ That today I have perfected for you your deen. And it is perfected, it is completed. Nothing is to be added to it. It has no need for improvement, but it is already perfect. الْيَوْمَ أَكْمَلْتُ لَكُمْ دِينَكُمْ وَأَتْمَمْتُ عَلَيْكُمْ نِعْمَتِي وَرَضِيتُ لَكُمُ الْإِسْلَامَ دِينَةِ But today I have perfected for you your religion, completed my favor upon you, and chosen for you Islam as your deen or your way of life. Therefore, if anyone who wants to invent something new into the deen of Allah, claiming that it is a completion or a perfection or improvement of the deen of Allah, then we say to them, if there had been any good in that thing, it would have already been legislated, legalized, clarified, delivered, and preserved as part of the divine sharia, the divine law that was revealed by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala through His Prophet Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. But in fact, none of these newly invented matters contain any form or degree of perfection or improvement of the deen. In fact, all of these matters are defects in the deen. They cause defects to the deen of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala which he has perfected. Uh, another argument of those who want to justify their innovations, who want to uh, use as an evidence something that uh, will excuse them for inventing new matters in the deen, some of them said that we find in this practice of ours, we find in this uh, innovative practice that uh, there's an expression of religious enthusiasm or emotional joy or softening of the heart. But we remind them of what Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has reported or informed us of from the statement of the shaitan, the devil, in which he said, مِنْ بَيْنِ أَيْدِيهِمْ وَمِنْ خَلْفِهِمْ وَعَنْ أَيْمَانِهِمْ وَعَنْ شَمَائِلِهِمْ وَلَا تَجِدُ أَكْثَرَهُمْ شَاكِرِينَ The shaitan is reported to have said in his great effort to mislead the people he says that I will come to them from before them from in front of them and from behind them from in back of them from their right side and from their left side and you will not find most of them as thankful ones you will not find you will not find that most of them are thankful meaning you will not find most of them being obedient to you Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala being dutiful to you but you will find that they will disobey you and they will follow that which I have called them to when I come to them from every direction from every perspective from the right and from the left from the front and from behind, the shaitan says that he will come to the people 
by different means and through different directions and you will find that most of them will not be thankful that is most of them will not be obedient to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala but they will deviate from that which Allah has legislated in the revelation which he has sent to guide them to peace and happiness in this world and the next shaitan will beautify or make it attractive on the hearts of the people that deviation or that wrongdoing in order to get the people to turn away from that which they have been created for in order to distract them from the worship of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala which has been legislated in the Sharia then the person might submit their self to the tricks and the traps or the temptations of shaitan and shaitan will overcome them and he will mislead them and guide them or misguide them away from the truth away from the true religion of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala for this reason the Prophet said to us that shaitan is so effective in taking control of the human being and misleading him he said that shaitan goes through the body of the human being just as one's blood goes through the blood veins and this is in meaning similar to the saying of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in Surah Al-Nahl chapter 16 verse 99 and 100 إِنَّهُ لَيْسَ لَهُ سُلْطَانٌ يعني that shaitan verily he doesn't have any authority to make the human beings to obey him إِنَّهُ لَيْسَ لَهُ سُلْطَانٌ عَلَى الَّذِينَ آمَنُوا وَعَلَى رَبِّهِمْ يَتَوَكَّلُونَ but he doesn't have any authority or any power over those who آمَنُوا those who believe وَعَلَى رَبِّهِمْ يَتَوَكَّلُونَ and those who rely upon or put their trust in their Lord that is Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala alone but shaitan has no power and no control over those who have iman who believe and those who have tawakkul put their trust and reliance in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala alone but his power and his authority Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says إِنَّمَا سُلْطَانُهُ عَلَى الَّذِينَ يَتَوَلَّوْنَهُ وَالَّذِينَ هُمْ بِهِ مُشْرِكُونَ that he has power only over those who obey and follow him those who obey and follow shaitan he has power over them and the mushrikun those who join partners with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala yani who accept the legislation and the invitation and the call of shaitan whether through humans or otherwise those who accept the laws and that which is legislated and legalized outside of the sharia of Allah then they have set up others as partners with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala because the right of legislation it is the exclusive right of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala alone whoever worships Allah by any way by any innovative practice or act which is outside of the sharia then it means that they have accepted the one who innovated that as a legislator besides Allah and therefore they have set them up as a partner with Allah in legislation which is an exclusive right of Allah and this is an act of shirk therefore Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala calls them the mushrikeen that shaitan has power over those who follow and obey him وَالَّذِينَ هُمْ بِهِ مُشْرِكُونَ and those who are mushrik and who associate something as a god besides Allah or give them authority that belongs to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala alone for this reason the shaykh says that whoever make someone as a matbu' as a person to be followed as a leader for them or one who they obey in any innovative practice in the deen then they have made that they have associated that person with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala they have made, made that person as a partner with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala 
in al-hukm, in the ruling, in the judgment, in the command. And the hukm of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, whether the legal ruling in the sharia, or the qadri ruling in the divine decree, the hukm, all of it, belongs to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala alone, and he has no partner in it. As he says in Surah Yusuf, chapter 12, verse 40, in al-hukmu illa lillah that verily the hukm, the command, the judgment or the ruling or the right to legislate it belongs to Allah alone it isn't for anyone except Allah amara alla ta'budu illa iyahu thalika al-deen al-qayyim walakin akthar al-nas la ya'lamun here Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala makes us to know the danger of giving the right to rule or to make judgment or command or legislation to others than Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and he says here that verily the command of the judgment it is for none but Allah he has commanded that you worship none but him that is the straight religion but most people do not know here Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala equated the command that the command and the judgment or the hukm is only belonging to Allah he equated that with his command that we worship none but him. Yani, that means that whoever gives the command or the hukm to other than Allah, it is a manner of worshipping other than Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And it is in fact shirk. As Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says in another place in the Quran, in Surah Al-An'am, chapter 6, verse 121, containing those or, con- or referring to those who accepted the legal rulings of other than Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in eating those animals which died of themselves and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said that we cannot eat those animals except those who have been slaughtered after by mentioning the name of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and he says don't eat from that which the name of Allah has not been mentioned over when it was slaughtered it is required that the name of Allah should be mentioned bismillah that we are mentioning the name of Allah, recognizing that the life can only be taken with permission of the life giver, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, the creator. وَإِنَّهُ لَفِقْ Because eating that which the name of Allah has not been mentioned over, it is fiqh, it is sin, it is disobedience to Allah. وَإِنَّ الشَّيَاطِينَ لَيُوحُونَ إِلَىٰ أَوْلِيَائِهِمْ لِيُجَادِلُوكُمْ And verily the shayateen, the devils, inspire their awliya, their friends, or those who follow and obey them, so that they may argue with you. وَإِنْ أَطَعْتُمُوهُمْ إِنَّكُمْ لَمُشْرِكُونَ And if you had obeyed them, then you will be mushrikun. You will be of those who make shirk or associate with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in the legislation. Yani if you accept that which they have said, that you can eat dead animals of which the name of Allah has not been mentioned, if you obey them in such things, then you will become mushrikun. Because you will be making them as a legislator along with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Then uh, the Shaykh goes on to say that he has concentrated on this particular matter, the matter of innovation in ibadah, in order to make it clear that those who practice innovation have no proof for those things, they have no authority for those things which they have invented in the deen that is not based on the Quran and Sunnah. So we should know that there is no way to reach Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, to earn his pleasure and to enter his paradise except the way which he has set out, which Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala himself has set out on the tongue of the Messenger of Allah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. And concerning this, there are many verses of the Qur'an 
from amongst them is the saying of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, مَا آتَاكُمُ الرَّسُولُ فَخُذُوهُ وَمَا نَحَاكُمْ عَنْهُ فَانْتَهُ Now whatever the messenger has given you, take it. And whatever he has prohibited you, then leave it off. So the, the way to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is by following what the Prophet sallallahu has given to us and leaving off that which he has prohibited us from. Then he gives an example and he mentions the saying of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in Surah Al-Nahl, chapter 16, verse 60, وَلِلَّهِ الْمَثَلُ الْعَالَى That Al-Mathalu Al-Ala or Al-Wasf Al-Ala, the most, the highest and the most perfect description or example, it belongs to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Any example that we make amongst the creatures, we must recognize that the example or the description of Allah is the perfect example and the most high. But these examples are only meant to bring understanding to the people. Here the Shaykh mentions the example. He says, if there was a king who opened the door so that the people may come to him, that the people may see him and visit him to act of their needs, and he said, whoever wants to come to me, they should come through this very door. What would you think of a person who tries to go through other doors, other than the door which the king has appointed, in order to go through other doors trying to get to him? Likewise, the great king, the king of kings, the creator of the heavens and the earth has made a way, a special way to reach him. And it is the way that has been brought by the prophets and messengers. Alayhim salatu wassalam, may peace and blessings be upon all of them, and at the head of them is the seal of the Prophet, the Messenger of Allah, Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wasallam, who Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, since he missioned him and sent him with prophethood, it is not possible and it is not permissible for any human being to achieve happiness and success in this life or in the next, except through the way that has been laid out by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala according to the example of his messenger Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam his model and his way and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said concerning this in surah al-ahzab chapter 33 verse 21 that definitely there is for you and the messenger of Allah uswatun hasana a perfect excellent example or model a model a model, a pattern of conduct to be followed for whoever believes in Allah, hopes in Allah in the last day. So that the example and the way to success and the way to reaching Allah is through the example that has been set by the messenger whom he has sent, Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, and there is no other way to reach Allah except through this way. Finally, the Shaykh closes by mentioning the point or a point related to love and respect for the Prophet that it demands that we follow him, strict following of his way in his beliefs, in his practices, in his speech and so on. Al-Ittiba' following. And here he says that the reality is that the truth of the matter is that whoever uh, wants to respect the Prophet then know that the respect of the Messenger of Allah is shown it is displayed and exhibited in traveling on the path which he traveled and leaving off that which he left off. Yani as Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says in the Quran, take what the Messenger gives you and leave off that which he prohibits you. Therefore, traveling his way, doing as he did and leaving that which he left, this is the right way. 
and not stepping ahead of him, going ahead of him and making rulings or judgments beyond what he has said, as Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala prohibited us in the Quran in Surah Al uh, Hujurat, chapter 49, verse 1, the saying of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, Ya that all you who believe don't step forward or go forward in the presence of Allah and His Messenger وسلم, but fear Allah for verily Allah is the all-hearing, the all-knowing so going ahead of the Messenger of Allah traveling a path other than the Messenger of Allah uh, not abandoning that which He abandoned or taking that which He has prohibited all of this is the way of deviation as the Prophet prohibited us from saying things which he didn't say and doing that which he did not do or engaging in that which he has not legislated, he is the one who said, that every innovation is astray. And he is the one who said, that whoever does an act which is not in accordance with this matter of ours, which is not in accordance with Islam, with the Sharia of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, then it will be rejected. Whoever does something that is not in accordance with the divine Sharia, then it will be rejected. It is astray and it is rejected. There is no need in following innovations and there is no benefit in doing so. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says in the Quran that which makes us to know the importance of following al-ittiba' following the Prophet and that this is the real display and exhibition of our love of Allah our respect for the Prophet that we don't say what he didn't say and that we don't engage in that which he didn't legislate Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says in Surah Al-Ali Imran chapter 3 verse 31 Say, O Muhammad Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says to the Prophet, say to the people, in kuntum tuhibbun Allah, if you do indeed really love Allah, fattabi'uni, then follow me. Follow the way that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has sent me with. Allah wa yaghfir lakum dhunubakum, wallahu ghafur rahim. If you do so, if you follow the example of the Messenger of Allah, his model, Allah will love you, and Allah will forgive you your sins, and Allah is forgiving, merciful. This is the end of what we wanted to say concerning the minhaj of the Ahl-Sunnah al-Jama'ah in the matters of al-Ibadah and worshipping Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. This is the way of the Ahl-Sunnah al-Jama'ah and this is the refutation against those who fell into innovations and tried to argue for their innovations in various ways claiming that this is a good innovation or claiming that this innovation is similar to the new means, the wasail, the modern means which the people are using in uh, executing the matters of ibadah that are legislated in the deen or claiming that these innovations uh, have a spiritual meaning or give them emotional or spiritual uh, enjoyment or excitement all of these are arguments that are rejected and refuted by the various ayats of Quran and hadith of the Prophet which we have mentioned and we should be warned from such innovations now there are a few questions here at the end of the handout which we should pay careful attention to these questions are designed to make us reflect on the materials that we covered and make sure that we understood what we have discussed. The first question, what is the meaning of the expression al-wasail? Al-wasail. And the singular of al-wasail is al-wasila. Al-wasila is the singular and al-wasail is the plural and it means the means 
or the ways that one use in order to execute something. The means that we use to execute or to implement something in the deen of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. The means or the ways. What is the meaning of the expression al-ghayat? Al-ghayat means the objectives or the goals. The goals that we intend to achieve, the actual act of worship that we want to do, it is called al-ghayat. The singular is al-ghaya and the plural is al-ghayat. And we say that these ghayat, the actual objects of worship, that the thing, the act which we do of worship, they have already been legislated and completed and finalized. We cannot bring any new acts of worship. But the means of executing it or implementing it, the thing that we use to help us to do it, such as using a microphone to call the adhan, or using a printing press to print the Qur'an, the means might be modern. It is permissible as long as the act of worship itself is not changed or renewed in any way. Is it lawful, question number three, is it lawful to use modern means such as airplanes to achieve a legal and legislated objective such as the requirement to make preparations for war? We said that using modern means <coughs> that are in accord with the modern times is permissible to achieve a legal legislated objective, not a new objective or innovation. But new means may be used to achieve that which has been legislated in the Sharia, and this is based on the principle, al-qaida, the principle which the scholars have agreed upon, lil-wasail or al-wasail laha ahkam al-maqasid, that the means to a thing takes on the hukum or the ruling of the objective that it leads to. So the means, such as uh, airplanes or tanks or modern means of warfare, they are, they take under the same ruling, permissibility as the objective, yani the preparation for war. Number four, how can we answer those who support innovations in acts of worship by pointing to the modern or the use of modern means which are used to implement legislated matters in Islam? Those who make the argument that the Muslims are using modern means, therefore, uh, this is an excuse for them or a justification for them to make or to renew the actual act of, of worship. We say that the means to a thing is one thing and the goal or the objective is another thing. Means, modernizing the means is permissible, but modernizing the act of ibadah itself is not permissible. And this is, uh, it is making a distinction between the wasila or the wasail and the ghaya or the ghayat, making a distinction between the means and the objective. The means may be renewed, may be modernized, but the objective may not. Question number five, what is the proof that nothing new can be added to the deen of Allah? The proofs of this are many. The most important is that which Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says in Surah Al-Ma'idah, chapter five, verse three, that today I have perfected or completed for you your deen. If Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has completed the deen, then it is perfect, it is complete, there is no need to bring anything new into it. Question number six, can we use religious enthusiasm and feelings as a criterion to judge what is good and what is lawful in matters of the deen? We said no, that our feelings, our emotions are not a criterion to judge what is good in Islam and what is lawful in Islam, but what is good and what is lawful, the criterion to judge it is the Qur'an and Sunnah. Whatever has come in the Qur'an and in the Sunnah, it is 
what is good and what is lawful and whatever didn't come in it, it is not good and it is not lawful because our feelings might be affected, our hearts might be misled by shaitan who Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala mentions his saying in the Quran in Surah Al-A'raq chapter 7 verse 17 that he will come to them, come to the people from different ways, from every direction, from before them and from behind them and from their right side and from their left side. He will come by every way and even he would uh, put ideas into their hearts. He would suggest to them that the evil or the innovation is something good, making them thinking that they are worshipping Allah while in fact they are deviating. Question number seven, what is the ruling concerning obedience to others other than Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and his messenger in innovative matters? The ruling is that obedience to others in innovation, it is shirk because innovations are legislating something in the deen that is not a part of it. And this means that the one who has innovated that thing, you have made them a legislator along with Allah. And this is an act of shirk as Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala mentions in Surah Al-Nahal chapter 16 verse 100. Uh, and also in Surah Al-An'am chapter 6 verse 121 that if you obey them you will definitely be of the mushrikeen and the final question how do we express true love for Allah and respect for the Prophet it is by obedience to Allah and following the Prophet as Allah says uh, that if you really love Allah then follow me this is the way to show love of Allah and respect for the Prophet there are a couple of questions here quickly uh, could you give an example? Could you example who is Shaitan? Or could you explain who is Shaitan? Shaitan is Satan, the devil, the one who Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala created as a test for his servants. He explained that the Shaitan or the devil, Satan, he was created as a test to test the people. So that after the people know the right way and the wrong way and they know that the Satan, Shaitan is an enemy of them and Allah warned us that he would try to tempt us and mislead us, then it will be a test to us. Will we obey Shaitan when he calls on us or will we obey Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and his prophets and messengers? Are the actions of Abu Sayyaf in the Philippines considered ghayat? I don't know um, what are the actions of Abu Sayyaf in the Philippines. I cannot respond to this question. Perhaps if somebody can clarify the question at a later time, we'll try to respond to it. Subhanakallahumma wa bihamdika ashadu an la ilaha illa anta astaghfiruka wa atubu ilayhi. Reading from your brothers of Qatar's guest center, a subdivision of the Sheikh Eid bin Muhammad Al Thani Charity Association. Telephone number 4862390. Fax. Four eight six two three five eight. Wassalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh.